Hi, friend, and welcome. I'm Marilyn Neese. Thank you for joining my podcast, Express Light. I believe we each have a unique gift and ability. Being created by nature, I had the desire to start my own business, and I know firsthand how important it is to blend creativity and business together. It has not always been easy for me, but I have successfully built my boutique serving people from all over the world. Because of my experience, I am passionate about helping others like myself who are looking to express light in their own lives through their gift, skill, or talent, and make a living doing it. If that's you, tune in each week as I provide tips, interview those who are successful in their craft, as well as share enlightening stories of how to build a business as a creative entrepreneur. Welcome to Express Light. Hi friends, thank you for joining me today. I'm Mara Lee and you're listening to Express Light, a brand new podcast where I interview people on their story and their passion. In these stories that you hear, I hope you find some insight, some impact in your life. Today, I am joined with Vanessa Carpenter. She and her family have faced tragic loss and Vanessa is now writing a book to explain that there is hope, that there is joy, that there is peace. Today's podcast will be faith-based, so I want to be respectful. If that's not your thing, I understand, and I just want you to know that up front. She will be sharing what inspiration she has found to keep living, to keep doing life, despite the horrific tragedies that they have faced. She tells her true story, the events of her timeline story, in a former podcast that you can find on her Instagram. I shared the Instagram tag as we are talking, so in the beginning, you can catch that and then go listen if you want to hear that. It would probably make today more understandable and more impactful. I do invite you to listen to it, understand the events that she went through and the hope that she still has despite all that trauma and that tragedy. So let's get started. I'm excited for you to meet this wonderful, sweet gal. Vanessa, I'm so excited and blessed that you joined me. Thank you so much. I want to begin by first just saying a little bit of my perspective. You know, we met when you came into the store just on a random weekend visiting Monterey and I saw your family come in, such a sweet little family, and I instantly just knew there was something um, wonderful about you, and I would never have known what you've been through had I not been a little bit inquisitive because of your Instagram tag. You followed me on Instagram, and your name is better, it's a voice, a voice for the voiceless, but better because of it. And my mind went better because of what? And it inspired me to go see what your story was. And I, my mouth dropped because when you came in that store and that day that I met you, I would never have understood what you've been through. And I think you inspire me for the hope and the light and the joy that you have despite what you've been through. And so I'm so excited for you to be able to share with your with my listeners what it is that inspires you to understand joy, to be real, because I know that just from my own experience of pain and tragedy that, that you deal with those hurts and, and that the hurts just don't go away but it's how you deal with them. It's how you face them. And it's the energy that gets you up every single day to go do life and do it with joy and do it with passion in your story, because I know you have, and I'll preface this for the listeners. um, You do have a podcast already where you share your story of tragedy. It's linked in your Instagram bio and they can go to a voice for the voiceless on Instagram and find your original story where you talk the tragedy and details. We may not get into the tragedy and and specific events. I want to be more in line with um, the things that have inspired you to tell your story. What is, you know, how would you define hope? And what is hope for you? And what is the hope you have in sharing your story? Well, for me, hope is, um, you know, that's a very uh, sensitive word, you know, because ultimately it's everything, you know, ultimately I wouldn't be what I am today if it wasn't for a hope. And for me, if I could define hope down to one word that instantly comes to my mind is heaven, you know, and 
for me, you know, living here, we're, we're earthly beings, you know, and we're here for a time and that time expires and we move on. And where do we move on to? We move on to heaven. And for me through, through tragedy and experiencing devastating sudden loss, it was hope that's seen me through, you know, hope in Christ. And, um, you know, without, without that little word, I, I would not, I could say right now, I would not be what I am today because you, when you have hope, you have peace and you have comfort and knowing that, you know, right now what I'm feeling, what I'm going through hurts, but you know what, there ultimately, ultimately we have a greater hope and that greater hope is heaven. And so for me, when I think of hope, when I talk about hope, what is on my mind the entire time is heaven, you know, and, and remaining positive, you know, hope you can't be hopeful if you're not positive, you know, so you have to be positive, positive that, you know, despite the place I'm in now, the pain I'm in now, it's going to get better, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, again, why I love, love what my Instagram's for better because of it, you know, I'm going to be better because of my pain, you know, and if we can, the key to that, though, the key to being better from our pain and through our pain is choosing hope, is choosing joy, is choosing peace, is choosing comfort, you know, versus versus withdrawing from those things. You know, when we withdraw ourselves from from the light, so to speak, we grow dark, you know, and and hope, hope, hope's not dark. Hope is light. And and I you know, hope for me is heaven and being positive. I love how you just shared hope is light. So I want to give our listeners, because I know they don't really know the story yet, um, Mm -hmm. a little window of that light. Mm -hmm. You share in your original podcast how you saw light out of the corner of your eye. You were running from an attacker and it was that little light. Um, Describe that emotion that scene and what that was like so that they have a little idea of what you were going through in that moment and the hope that you noticed there right so for me in that moment you know I was one fleeing for my life um but at the same in that same moment not only worrying about me surviving I had a sister coming behind me and I also had my baby sister left behind me you know and um when I reached the, the last place of escape, so to speak in our house, um, I reached the end of our long house. So the very long house and I reached the end and I remember coming up, I passed my oldest sister's bedroom. Her door was shut. I passed the, her little bathroom off her room and that, um, that door was open, but too small of a window. So then I made my way to the end of the house. And at the end of the house, we had the garage door, the door to go into the garage. And then we had the laundry room door and um, both were barricaded. The garage door had one of the dining room chairs pried up underneath it. And when I got there instantly, it was first, okay, what am I going to do to get out of here? That's a chair. I can, I can get that chair wiggled out of there. I tried and there was no, no budging it, no moving it it was rammed under there was such force. There was no, I I couldn't even get it to even wiggle. And, um, so I was like, okay, that's not an option. So then I turn and I look and this massive bookcase, Oak bookcase is pushed up against the laundry room door and partly the garage door. And so I was like, well, I can't move that. I can't get around that. I, I, have no way out now. And so I literally stood there and it was in that moment of standing there, you know, I cried out to God and was like, is this it? You know, this is where I'm going to die. You know, I can't get out. You you're not providing a way, you know, again, our human nature is to question God with our circumstances, you know, and sometimes we don't need to question. We need to just trust. And in that moment of me questioning out of the corner of my eye, I see this little glimmer of light, just a little vague glimmer. And it was instantly my attention was drawn to that light. And okay, there's something there I can get out. And I, as I go over to it, 
I realized that, um, there, my mom had like a coat rack there and it was part of the coats was also concealing that little, that little crack in that door that the bookshelf wasn't hiding. And, um, I ended up, I mean, minute little crack. I don't, I still to this day have no idea how I squeezed through that, but I did by the grace of God, I got through, I got on the other side and, you know, if I hadn't, if I hadn't been looking, searching, keeping an open mind to a way of escape, it would have never presented itself, you know, and, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful God provided a light, a way of escape for me, because not only I got out in that moment, but it ended up transpiring that my, one of my older sisters got out along with me and through that same little lit up path. And I, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that, you know, no matter how dark a situation in our life seems, God always provides. He always provides a way of escape, whether it be down a mile long, dark hallway running for your life. He's going to provide, you know, and he did. And I, you know, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. So you're speaking to, if you were speaking to someone who feels trapped in their situation, who, you know, whatever that is, who feels um, all the emotions that go with feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person? Oh, I, um, uh, resonates and hits hard because I've been there as I'm sure you, you can say the same for you. Um, that, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, sometimes, you know, you hear all of the, the old sayings as in pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, in a, in a devastating place, that's almost impossible. You know, it's almost impossible to be on the floor in a puddle of tears and say, okay, enough's enough, pull yourself up. That's, that's an almost, that's like an almost unimaginable feat to try to conquer when you're, you're that person on the floor. And, but what I can say to somebody that may be listening, um, is that if you're that person and you're in that puddle, um, give your hurts to God, cry out to him, pray, you know, maybe, maybe the world, you know, we can sit in our moment of hurt and the world's still operating around us. No one's missing a beat because we're hurting. Mm -hmm. No one's missing, missing their life, their work schedule, their time. But you know what? There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And that friend is Jesus. And if you're in that puddle and you need someone to meet you, you need someone to hear you cry out his name, cry out to him because he is that friend. He'll hear you. He'll help you. That's one thing I can promise is if you cry out to him, he will heal you. He will help you. Is it going to be easy? No, I've been on the floor many a times back in that same puddle. But you know what? Every time I cry out, God, help me, you know, help my heart, help, help me heal, help me find peace. You know, and sometimes it's only so much as me crying out, God, why, you know, why me? And you know what? Still, even with that little three letter word, he still will engulf you with peace and hold you and cradle you and give you the strength to get up off the floor, you know? And a lot of times, no, it's not me. I'm no one special. I'm no one in particular. I'm no gifted person. I'm no, no one, but Christ. Christ can pick you up and he can change things. He can change the atmosphere. He can change your hurt, your heart and the way you grieve. He can, he can change you. And, and secondly, if I could add anything to that is um, don't shut out, don't shut out your pain, you know, just cause you've lost somebody. Don't shut them out. You know, pain affects all of us differently. I, I this, I know we all grieve differently. We all cope differently, but I truly with everything in me, I believe aside from what Christ has done for me is also allowing my siblings memory to live on, live on in my home, live on in my heart, my, my Instagram, they live on there. You know, I share daily, weekly about them and, and what they mean to me. And that in itself offers so much healing is reliving not what happened to them necessarily, but what they were, you know, there, there's a key in that word 
were, what they were, and the memories you shared with them before that tragic moment occurred, you know, and that, that in itself offers so much hope and healing to move on. You describe your younger sister, Ashley, as a fearless fighter. Like, I can't imagine that moment or what it was like for you to see what she was going through and to have to make that choice. But she said a word to you. And in that moment, you had a choice of what you were going to do. And I feel like life is very much like this. And sometimes we have to make that choice ourselves, whether we're going to go or we're going to stay. And it's so hard to leave that pain. It's so hard to leave those things that we can't change, those circumstances. When you speak of being a fearless fighter, what does that mean to you? And how has her testimony, her story made you a fearless fighter, you know, or, or encouraged you to be more of a fierce, fearless fighter? What did you see in that moment in her soul and in her heart? I would say what I seen, what made me instantly think of her in, in such a way is her selflessness. Mm-hmm. She chose, she chose to keep enduring the pain she was enduring in that moment to see that I got away, got to safety. Um, you know, we're, we're selfish by nature. That's mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's part of being human. <laughs> we're all selfish, you know, and to see, you know, we read of it in the Bible, you know, that Jesus came, he died for all of us. And what a selfless act, you know, to take on the sins of all humanity you know, for what, you know, he, he, he had no, no reason to do any of that. He had no obligation, you know, no, nothing, but he chose to. And, you know, the same, I think in the same sense, uh, when I think of my sister and what she did, it was that same act of selflessness. You know, she chose, I don't care. I'm being hurt. I'm being, I'm being killed, you know, and I don't care. I choose my sister's life over that of my own, you know, and it, um, it leaves you in a sense, you know, as us Christians as well, it leaves us in a sense of we're indebted to Christ, you know, for what he did for us, we're indebted. And I live daily with my life, not only indebted to Christ for what he did for me, but I also live daily indebted to my sister, because if not for her, I wouldn't be here, you know, and she sacrificed herself. She laid herself, her life down ultimately for me that day. And my other sister, me and Anna, um, that's what she did, you know, and her word, her words, I'll never forget them. You know, the first time she looked at me and realized when she realized I was standing there, she looked at me and first flung her arm, you know, the go signal and looked at me like, not angry, but like, what are you still doing here? Go, you know, like it wasn't even a question, wasn't even a thought to her. Why are you here? You, you need to be gone, you know, and me being her older sister, of course I couldn't, I couldn't just leave her, you know, and that for me has been, and I share this every time, the hardest moment in my life that I've ever experienced, even to this day was having to say, in a sense, bye, you know, because I knew seeing what she was going through, I knew that was it. There's no way somebody could survive that. Did I hope she would? Of course, but I knew deep down there was no way, you know? And so then when she realized I wasn't leaving, she screamed at me to go and flung her arm again multiple times um, as she's fighting for her life and mine, you know? And she didn't one time look at me and signal me to come. She didn't one time look at me and say, help me. Nothing, not nothing. It was just simply go. And I don't like, you know, you think of people that are heroes and people that have done outstanding things for other people and selfish things for other people. And my sister's right up there for me is if not for her, I wouldn't be here, you know? And she was very, the main thing that defines her to me is selflessness. She was very, 
very selfless and, and gave herself that day so I could live, you know, and I'm forever indebted to her and telling her story. That's, that's what I'm here to do. And it's just amazing to me. Like you talk about the, the fearlessness that she had. And even in that, like our minds can't comprehend Mm -mm. that strength that she had, but her strength very well was obviously Christ. It had to be, I mean, how do you put the strength of a small child wrapped around someone's legs, defending her life as best she could, defending your life without knowing that God's comfort had to be surrounding her and giving her that peace, that strength in that moment. And how do you look at a scenario and it's almost like letting go of the fear yourself and say, I'm going to let this go because I know God's in control and of that outcome, you know, and this is my mission. And I think sometimes we get so hung up on wanting to control the moment we're in, but he has a different plan. And that's, you know, that's the hardest step. It's stepping out and saying, this is what my mission is. And this is what he has planned for me. And it doesn't look the same as it looks for everyone else. And I think when you take that step, there is a peace that surrounds you as well. Mm -hmm. And there's an understanding that surrounds you as well. And greater mission and a greater heart in that. Mm -hmm. And um, holding on is just, you're holding on to that fear and you're leaving yourself in that anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know, where maybe it comes with like you're doing right now, getting ready to write a book and you're going to share your story and like to hold on to the message and not share you know, I would hope that any listener out there that is holding on to some sort of aspect of life that hasn't spoken or shared their story, that they would feel enlightened today, that they, there is hope, that there is peace, and that sharing really is a healing process. Mm-hmm. And I know even for you, going through the steps of writing has been a difficult, you know, revisit to the past. And I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit. And I know you're in the beginning stages. I know also that you've done a lot of report studying and, you know, finding studying and then just bringing things back. But, um, you know, I, I just, I know that life changes so much after all the scenario that going back and revisiting it is difficult, mm-hmm. but it is a part of the healing process. So, mm-hmm. It is, um, you know, sometimes revisiting what hurts you is what's going to empower you to further your healing, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of times we don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, oh, you're telling me by me re revisiting my hurts, writing about my hurts, talking about them is helping me heal. That don't even make sense. It makes sense when you've done it you know and at first it hurts it hurts catastrophically you know when when I first felt impressed to start writing I was like why you know why would I want to revisit any of that why would I want to pour over reports why would I want to you know and that in itself has been a whole nother process I poured through autopsy reports I've poured through the crime scene reports I've poured through the detectives reports I poured through all of that and in pouring and all pouring through all of that I learned more things that I didn't even know happened you know and that brings a whole nother layer of hurt and and frustration you know but through that you know it's been I've been steadily writing on writing. I started the process roughly probably about almost four years ago. And it's been a process because it's been me undoing these layers, reliving them, revisiting. And um, it's been hard. And I have had numerous moments of crying, of quitting, you know, in a sense, I've shut my laptop and said, I can't do this no more. This hurts. This hurts bad. And part of it too is, you know, you, when you trust in Christ, you trust that he has your best interest at heart, right? And that he's not going to put more on you than you can bear, 
Well, in writing this, I started again having reoccurring nightmares and which is something I dealt with horribly after my siblings had passed. I dealt with the same nightmare. It was the same nightmare over and over again on repeat. And it was of the attacker again in the house, you know, and attacking every one of us in the house. And it was the same nightmare on repeat. And I was hounded with that every night. I went through a phase of I'm not sleeping. I can't fall asleep. If I fall asleep, in fact, I'd have my, one of my best friends that thankfully her mother was gracious and would let her stay over with me through, through the beginning of that process. And I would ask her, please, if I start nodding off, please don't let me fall asleep because I was terrified. I did not want to have that nightmare again. And so in writing, all of that started festering and coming to a head and coming back. And it was painful and it hurt. And ultimately I wanted to quit. And it was like, this can't be part of your plan for me is to re-hurt me in this way. You, I, you delivered me from those nightmares and let me go back on that a little bit. He delivered me in the sense of, I did not have them every night no more. Do I have them still on that same one on occasion? On occasion, but on occasion, meaning maybe once, twice a year versus every night, you know, that to me is me being delivered, me being healed from that. Um, but when I started writing, they were happening over and over again, and it was more than I could handle. I was like, I can't do this. This is obviously harming me, not helping me. And yet, <laughs> Yet, for some strange reason, the more I'd, it was like God would burden my heart even more. You know, the more I'd want to push away, the more I'd want to stop. It was like my heart was burdened even more. A burden for what? At the time, I didn't know. It was like, I don't know why. I don't even understand why he wants me to relive this hurt. But now I know, you know, that that revisiting that ultimately has helped me more. If not healed anyone else through this, it's helped me. It's healed me. Do I still have moments of, of a nightmare here and there? Yes. Do I still deal with back flashes? Yes. Do I still struggle with certain smells? Yes. Do I still struggle with dark places? Yes. You know, those things are there. They're burned in you. You know, it's now become my identity, you know, is, is what it is. But just because it's our identity doesn't mean it has to define us you know, and you can still rise above things that are you, you can still rise above them. And for me, writing was an outlet. It's been an outlet and same on my Instagram. It's not just secluded to the book. It's on my Instagram. I write, I share things. I try to be an encouragement. I try to portray that, you know, despite darkness, there is light, despite devastation, there is healing, you know, cause there is, you know, and and my, just for me alone, my, what I've been through my journey is, is a testament to that, you know, is a testament that, you know, despite despair, I have found healing, you know, I have found hope. I think it's, it's one way to say it is going back through it really has made you stronger. And it's mm-hmm. almost like an acceptance because you don't want to accept those hard yeah that you face nobody does but when you begin to accept it that's the moment you can move forward that's Mm -hmm. the moment that you can say okay it's there but now I can deal with it and I can deal with it this way you know because I have a story to share I have Christ to lean on Mm -hmm. and there is purpose there is hope and that doesn't define me, you know, he defines me, that's where I find my identity. And because of him, all of this past and this ugly, you know, Mm -hmm. I can leave it and I can set it aside. It's not gone. It doesn't define me anymore, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that also comes around with understanding and forgiveness. And I think Mm -hmm. forgiving ourselves is probably the number one place to start. And I, I want to share with our listeners, because there's a point in the story that you share in your former podcast, where the attacker's mom was desperate to speak with you guys 
because she was just overwhelmed with um, wanting forgiveness of the situation. So I thought maybe you'd want to share that scene a little bit and just kind of paint a picture really of what forgiveness looks like. Because I think sometimes we put like all of this stuff that we've been through is me, is my fault, is what I've done. And some of it's just life and some of it's just happening. And some of it's things that we have no control over. And we want to look and go back and say, but I could have done this different. or I could have done that different. Instead of living in the moment that you're in and saying, you know, because of who I am and who I'm meant to be, I can move forward, you know, right. Um, because of the situation, I now know new people, new people right. to impact, new people to um, do life with, you know. Right. So I- I'll let you share the story and kind of give. Um, so on that topic of, you know, choosing to forgive, you know, ultimately, if you could sum up, summarize what the key is to healing would be to forgive, you know, and my, I'll never forget my dad. Um, when all of that happened, um, our attacker's mother reached out through her pastor. I can't remember exactly how it transpired, but somehow or another, either her pastor, her somehow or another, they got in contact and with my parents and requested that we meet if that'd be something that we'd be willing to do. And uh, obviously at first you're like, put, you know, kind of your guards up. Okay. Why, you know, what in the world, you know? And I remember my parents were instantly, yeah, but that's fine. That's something we could do. And, um, so they did. And she was so heartbroken for one, what her son did, but she was also, you could tell mother's heart and disbelief of what her son did, you know? And it was just so sad to me hearing her apologize, you know? And it was, I'll never forget my dad's words were, what do you, why are you apologizing? You have nothing to apologize for. There's nothing to forgive. You did nothing, you know? And she was like, yeah, but he's my son you know, my son, my son did that to your family. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, that was his actions, not yours. You know, he did that, not you. So how can I not forgive you when there's nothing to forgive, you know? And she, I remember just tears and just, it, it was like her face went from being just devastated, almost like an aged, devastating look on her face to immediately realizing, wow, you know, they don't hate me, you know? And it was like, no, none of us. I remember my dad along the lines of forgiveness too, talking to us girls. And he was like, um, you know, you could tell wanting to know in a parental way of what are feelings were towards this man, you know, and we were like, nothing, you know, he chose to do that, you know, it was, that was his decision, you know, and he dig a little further. Well, what are your feelings towards him though, for doing that, for what you've seen? And it was, we feel sorry for him, you know, and still to this day, I just had this conversation fairly recently. I was this kind of on this topic. And I said, you know, what amazes me at 11 years old, I felt pity for him. You know, I felt heartbroken for him. And a lot of people are puzzled and ask, well, why, why would you feel that way? And for me, it's because one, I know where my siblings are, you know, they're, they're in heaven again, back to hope. I have the hope of heaven. They're there. I, firmly believe I will see them again, you know, for him, it, when you look at it through spiritual eyes, it's not that positive, positive of an outlook for him, you know, and his mom doesn't have the same hope I have, you know, she, she's grief stricken with where's my son at, you know, why, you know, I don't have those questions, you know, I know where my siblings are, I have a hope, 
I, I know what they, my sister did for me, you know, and even my little brother, in a sense, I call him my littlest hero too, because many people don't realize if he was the first one attacked and if not, if that time had not been taken out on him first, it most likely would have been me and my older sister first. Mm -hmm. And so if not for him, none of us probably would be here, you know? And so in a sense, he's a, he's my hero too. You know, even though he was seven years old and in his sleep had no idea what was even transpiring, didn't even have a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Um, he still took it on, you know, and, and I'm thankful for that, but ultimately forgiveness is, is key. And like you pointed out, forgiving yourself, you know, that's, that's key because no matter what happens in our lives, there's always a sense of us asking ourselves, could I have done something different? Should I have done something better? That right there tells you there's always a sense of regret. You know, did I not do something right? Did I, should I have done more? And that was something I lived with for a very long time is, could I have done more? Should I have done more? Should I have went back? And when me and Anna, my sister, when we both got out of the laundry room window, um, I had a moment of pause on the back patio of choosing to go back to Ashley at mine and Ashley's bedroom window and knock on it and see if I could get her out. And, um, Anna was the voice of reason. No, we need to just go. Her only chance is us getting help in which she was correct, you know, but I lived with unforgiveness towards myself in regards to that for a long time. And it was like, I should have done more. I could have done more. And in my mind, what could I have done more? You know, I really couldn't have done more and I did all I could do. And, but in that, like the negativity in life, we dwell on the negative versus the positive. And in turn, I let that eat me up on guilt ridding my, I, I was, I, in my mind, I was guilty. Convict me. I'm guilty. I didn't do enough. I should have done more. And I chose to not forgive myself. And I, um, I look back and I kind of get a little bit of a chuckle out of this, but I was, you know, dealing with, I knew what I was dealing with. I knew that, you know, yeah, I am hard on myself in that category of my life. I wish I had done more. Should I have done more? Could I, should I, would I, you know, and I was sitting in a Sunday school class and, uh, the lesson was, was not interest interesting to me. It wasn't, wasn't piquing my interest whatsoever. So I was kind of dry for me, you know? And so I grabbed my Bible and I'm like, okay, I got to look like I'm doing something. I can't just sit here nodding off or <laughs> looking bored. Yeah. So I got my Bible and I'm flipping through my Bible and all of a sudden I land. Um, I'm going to, I got my Bible. I'm going to read it. I landed on it's first John chapter. We are chapter three, verse 15. This is exactly where my Bible landed. And don't ask me why. I mean, you know, the Bible is the Bible, a lot of scriptures, you know, for my eyes to land on my eye immediately landed on verse chapter three, verse 15. And it is whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Mm -hmm. And instantly my heart was broken because God brought to light what I was keeping in the dark. And that was, I wasn't choosing to forgive myself. So in that moment, it was, am I, I'm risking going to hell by not forgiving myself. You know, why, 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 why would I, why would I risk that and not forgive myself, you know? And, and so immediately, you know, that one, it kind of hurt that for me, that God brought to light that in that way, you know, it was like, why couldn't you just tell me or, or bring it to light a different way. But why in a Sunday school class, you know, why me flipping through my Bible and bam, there's that scripture, you know, and this is what you're dealing with and you need to let it go. You need to choose to forgive yourself. You know, you forgave, you chose, this is what boggles my mind is I could choose to forgive the man that did that to my family, but yet I couldn't forgive myself for what in my mind, I thought I didn't do enough. And 
you know, now 33 years old, looking back, there was nothing more I could have done. So for me, it was, you know, a, a moment of I, if I could forgive him, I need to choose to forgive myself. And I did. And that in itself, I would say has been the, the peak of, of healing for me in that place I was in, in that valley that I was in. I climbed and climbed and climbed and I reached the peak. And that was everything to me that opened up healing, that opened up forgiveness. And, you know, now, you know, that was set probably about, I don't know, probably about six or seven years back now. And I felt so much better, freer, you know, by choosing to forgive myself. And, and a lot of times we don't, I think, I think a lot of times for all of us is that's the hardest thing to do is forgiving yourself. It's easier to, it's at least for me, it's easier for me to tell somebody I forgive you, but I'm a lot harder on myself, you know? And so for me, that was life changing, choosing to forgive. And, and a lot of times, you know, you, it's not even whether you go through something traumatic or, or have to choose to forgive something so difficult. You know, a lot of times we go through just, just life and we're hard on ourselves and we don't forgive ourselves and we don't let things go. And that in turn harms us, makes us somebody we're not meant to be, you know, and choosing to forgive is freeing. And it's like, it changes you, it transpires you and it gives you that much more to look forward to in life if you choose to forgive because then you're free you know but. I love how you point out that you just opened your bible and God met you there because I think you know some listeners listening to this podcast may have a different perspective on faith and mm-hmm. some may say God's not real you know mm-hmm. that's something you're leaning on it's just a story it's mm-hmm. nothing that's alive and active, you know, that's history. And I have personally felt you and I share this same faith and, you know, I would never force my face on faith on anyone, but for anybody that would ask me, I would share them how simple it is. It's, it's just like you shared. It's not a matter of like do's and don'ts and a specific prayer. It is just calling on the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that forgiveness of yourself, that searching, you were looking for light and you mm-hmm. just opened his word and he took you to write what you were, what you needed to hear in that moment. And mm-hmm. that broke the ice. You understood that he understood where you were at. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. It's not, you know, complicated. He is mm-hmm. real. He is uh, genuine and I don't know. I just, I love that point of your story and that, and I feel like um, that is something that if I could open the eyes of people at all, it's Mm -hmm. it's much more simple to believe and to forgive yourself and to rest in that than it is to fight and say, I got to do it my way. And I have to understand life because, you know, I have the answers or I'm going to find the answers in something. And even this is interesting. I know you share a point in your story that for years, a local college professor has um, asked your family to share their story because really in a sense, his mind can't wrap around the fact that, you know, with all the nightmares and whatnot, you weren't leaning on drugs. You weren't leaning on, you know, medical therapy or anything like that you had a simple answer and he wanted that shared with the students. And so, I mean, if you want to share that a little bit, um, give a little glimmer of light on that. I just, I love that aspect because Mm -hmm. I think the world's looking for such a complicated answer and really it's simple. It's a simple answer. It's very simple. Um, you know, we, we, the world we live in, they've got a, what seems to be an answer for everything. And that is you need therapy, you need medication, you need this to help you sleep, you need this, you need that, you know. And for my family from the start, it was no, thank you. No, we don't want that intervention. And, you know, of course, you're met with some opposition of well, why not you you don't want what's best for your kids. And it was no, I do. 
And for me, I, I, I know what's best for them. And that is leaning, leaning on Christ, you know, and, and they were like, okay, well, yeah, you got your faith and this and that. Well, what about a therapist? That way they can at least express those deep hurts, you know, get them out, get them in the open, you know, don't let them bottle them up. And, um, my, I remember my dad's answer to one person that was asking that he said, um, we have our pastor, you know, and, and that is true. You know, multiple times my pastor just so happens to be my uncle and he's been my pastor my whole life. I have known no one different. And many times he would come over and we would talk, he would visit with us. He would ask us, do you have, you know, something that you're pouring on that you can't quite figure out that I could help with. I mean, anything. And, and he would, you know, and he would always back it up though. It was never his word. It was God's word. Mm -hmm. And that's how simple and beautiful it is, is that it can, you can turn your Bible, open it up and God can speak to you right through those written words. You know, it's so simple that even a child can understand it. You know, that's how just even salvation. It's so simple. Even a child can understand it. And I'm the same as you. I would never shove my beliefs, my religion, my, my spiritual outlook down anyone's throats ever. I, I respect everyone's right to how they choose to believe. And, but I'm just expressing what's worked for me. And, you know, I can a thousand percent say, God, has been the center of my healing. My faith has been the pillar I've leaned on, you know, and, and prayer has been that outlet for me. You know, it has not been medication. It has not been therapy. It has not been psychologists. It has not been this, that, or the other. And the, the psychologist that my dad spoke for, um, for years, he, um, was just amazed because he was like, I don't understand this. I have all this training, all this knowledge, you know, in regards to how to help your kids hopefully navigate through these waters. He goes, but you guys didn't need no one like me. You didn't use no one like me. And yet here you are and you tell your story and you guys help other people if they need help. He goes, you listen. He goes, I just, I, his words were always, my mind can't wrap around you guys. Like they, I can't, he goes, and he goes, that's why I need you in my class to tell my students and it was really neat. He would open up and let his students, if they had a family member or somebody, because this world's full, as you know, full of hurting people, mm -hmm. he would open up his classroom to a family member of theirs or a friend of theirs that they felt needed that class mm -hmm. that day. And so they would bring a lot of times a friend, a colleague, whatever the case may be, a family member, whatever. And I remember I sat in several times with my dad and I remember just observing the crowd and tears. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, that's what this is about. You know, that making a difference, shedding light to somebody's moment in the dark is what it's about, you know? And if that's not all of our goal, then what are we doing? What are we even here for? You know? And even though I hurt what I go through, I, I live with a daily hurt and a, and a daily pain, but you know what? Bringing more light to my dark situation heals me. And I hope, and I pray it heals others because forgiveness, choosing peace, choosing joy in your moment of despair is, is, is what it's about. And it's worth it. I, I seen a, or read a quote the other day and I love it. I, it's one of my favorites. I actually wrote it down and keep it on a paper where I can see it. And it says hope against hope. And, you know, sometimes that's the truth when you're hurting, when you're, your backs against the wall, you're in a puddle of tears. Sometimes what you need to remind yourself is right now you're at such low depths. What you need to do is just hope against hope, you know, hope that your hope's correct. Hope that it, one day it's validated, you know, and for me, my, my faith, what I believe is my validation. You know, my, my hope is correct and my hope is in heaven. And ultimately that's, that's the goal, you know, heaven's the goal. So well, I, I just can, hope. I can vouch just from meeting you and someone I didn't even know, you know, just coming in that, that 
that hope and that peace is present in you. And I don't see it in everybody. I see a lot of people come through the door, wonderful family oriented people, but sometimes you can tell, I mean, we meet people on the street, you can tell when there's people that are hurting and they're holding on to their hurt, not expressing their fears and they're not sharing, you know, Mm-hmm. not forgiving themselves. And to me, I just, I, I see the joy visible in you and, and I feel it in my own self. Yeah, you're right. You don't let go of those painful circumstances that you deal with, mm-hmm. but they don't define you. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's just an unexplainable piece. And I am mm-hmm. so grateful that I've been able to share your story today. And, um, I am really excited that you are writing a book. I can't wait to read it. You. you know that um, if I could even be privileged to carry the book in shop, I'm down for that for sure. That would be awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I can't wait to hear the stories and the lives that are impacted. I mean, there are so many tidbits of your story that we didn't even get into. And, right. you know, I'm sure that we may have another podcast down the road, you know, to kind of talk about it aspects and stages but um for anyone that is listening and wants to delve in deeper to her story it is a wild intense and horrific story that turned from a very tragic situation to a whole new life a whole new circumstance of life and you know even the story that we didn't get into of how your mom um you saw her in a moment of praise and then God brought around hope eventually in through your mom's life of, you know, you ended up having new siblings brought into your life and just how that brought in um, so much joy into your family and, and the praise that you recognized in your parents um, and how that brought you joy and brought you to your answers. And some of that is explained in your former podcast. So I encourage listeners to go listen to that, hear her story. If you have questions, she is on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Um, and if you have questions just about, you know, wanting to dig deeper, there are people we can point you to for those answers. Uh, the number one would be Jesus. It's a simple answer is that. And thank you so much for joining us today, friends. And I appreciate just you, Vanessa, and the chance to be able to talk to you. Forward to reading your book. Thank you. You're welcome.